Hey everybody, welcome to Double Shot, a sports podcast featuring yours truly, JP, and I got Hector on the other line. What's going on, Hector? What's up, P? What's up, everybody? How's your day going, Hector? Uh, you know, it's going a lot <laughs> going a lot better now that I'm out of work. I can focus on sports. Uh, I'm trying to look forward to the next week because the last bit of sports that I had was that atrocious game between the Browns and the Jets last night. Oh, that was bad. And, uh, <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a Jets fan, but damn, did I feel bad for I them. I know. <laughs> they have nothing to look forward to. <laughs> it's No, nothing at all. That was their second or third string no that was their second string quarterback went down with an ankle injury yeah out for the season now they're turning to a quarterback who i don't think anybody has heard of before so you're so you're saying not to start luke falk is what you're saying and you're <laughs> no yeah definitely <laughs> don't start luke falk don't start robbie anderson don't even start Le'Veon bill he was crying i don't know if anybody saw this Le'Veon bill was crying on the side oh, was he <laughs> there was pictures of him crying i know yeah, i didn't even notice there was that pictures either. of him crying talking about how he wanted to go back to pittsburgh <laughs> <laughs> Man, whenever they signed him, I thought, is this like the beginning of the turnaround for the Jets? Like they just got Le'Veon Bell. Like is this a spot? Is this a sp- the time where it starts coming up? And I was very wrong. Yeah, it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be something big, but um, you know, I guess the Sam Darnold cooties is really hurting. Them. I know, right? <laughs> no one can deny that Sam Darnold has kissed somebody before. <laughs> now he's he's yeah. he's got proof. <laughs> So you can't call him you're, out on that. A, well, how old is he? What, like 23-something? You're a 20-something old man, and you're getting bono. <laughs> like, dude. He's getting it. He's getting it. <laughs> man, okay. I guess, yeah, that's the upside. No one can deny his game now. <laughs> Have you seen that photo, that freeze frame of, like, that post picture of him, like, pointing into the camera? And it, no. it just, uh, it's just, like, a really awkward shot of him pointing, like, uh, like it's supposed to be, like, an intro photo or something like like that like something to use to like introduce oh, yeah. a starting lineup or something and it says out yeah. indefinitely with mononucleosis and it's just it just looks so funny <laughs> that sucks dude. man that sucks okay so the jets are among many teams that have stuff going down at the quarterback spot and i mean i guess we can try to tackle it all at once there's just there's a lot more quarterback uh news going on this week than I anticipated talking about. Um, ben Roethlisberger yeah. out for the season with an aggravated elbow injury. Drew Brees out approximately six weeks with a thumb ligament surgery. Um, like we mentioned, Darnold out for at least four weeks with mono. And then Wayne, and then was, is it, uh, no, not Wayne Simeon. Um, what's his first name? Tre- Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon. Um, yeah, Trevor, he goes yeah. down with an ankle injury that looked really nasty. And then, um, and then, um, not injury related, but we got Eli Manning being benched for Daniel Jones. And then news came out yeah, today that Eli. Cam Newton is being monitored for an aggravated left foot sprain. Which which of those? It seems like, and he also has a terrible shoulder. Anybody that yeah. saw that game last Thursday, you could tell that he was just not throwing the ball correctly. It was weird to see him doing that. Yeah, no, um, it. I saw a lot of. Um, people talking about how Cam Newton has been used, you know, thus far in his career, that they put, um, he's been, I don't know if he has still got that reputation, but I know coming out of college, he kind of had that reputation of, you know, black quarterbacks often subject of, you know, being, uh, 
forced into that conversation of switching positions, and he was kind of being used more as a running yeah. back, you know, due to his athleticism and mobility, and people think that his decline yeah. is much more like a running back than it is a quarterback, and so he's kind of just falling apart the way that you would see an injured an injured running back would. But um, And so this, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week with Lamar Jackson. You were asking, you know, why, why people were talking about how he should change. They didn't want him to be a quarterback and stuff. It's because of this kind of stuff that happens. Just historically speaking and statistically speaking, quarterbacks that are more mobile end up in the kinds of situations that we see Cam Newton in right now. Yeah, yeah. And at least to, to, to Lamar Jackson's defense, like he could – he um, – People were calling just for like a straight up position change for him, and he's tearing it up in the passing game. So, yeah, he absolutely is shutting everybody up <laughs> in that aspect. So he's do, he's doing his his part there. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, it feels like the NFL is kind of riddled with with quarterback problems right now. Um, and we spoke a little bit about the Jets' issues. Um, they're not looking very hot. Ben is Ben is Big Ben done? Is this his swans? Is this it for him? This feels like the beginning of the end for him because he's been around for a long time. When was he drafted? Or like how long has he, he been he in the league? A, it, he he's. I know. That, I'm pretty sure he has a. No no no. I'm I'm 95 positive that he won the championship with them whenever they won. Uh, they had Palomalu. I believe. Oh yeah. And they beat the Cardinals that year. Uh, he was shit. That was he was drafted in 2004. Like seven or something. Yeah, he was drafted in 2004. He's 37 yeah. now. Getting surgery on your throwing elbow. Yeah, not to not to mention. Yeah, go ahead. I say getting surgery on your throwing elbow. That sounds like the kind of thing that's gonna put you out. And what what kind of made it a little worse is that I don't know if if you guys saw that game, but he he didn't get hit on that. No, play. he threw the ball and then he brought his arm down, took himself out of the game. It was just kind of it was kind of odd to see. I remember. Uh, me and Waller were watching the game, and we kind of didn't like. We were almost mad. I know because he was real mad because he has Juju on his <laughs> fantasy team, uh-huh. and and so we're kind of upset that he's like just leaving the game like that. But when you come to think of it, like if it's a there was no contact, he had to have literally thrown his elbow out. Like it, it was, it's it's something bad. And when you think about it, this is a guy who, like you said, was drafted in 2004. He's been in the league for 15 years. Um, he has a ring already. He really doesn't have much more to accomplish or to prove. And on top of that, I want to say it was as recently as two years ago, he was already contemplating retirement. So, I mean, why stay around now? Uh, to collect that check, that's why. <laughs> Didn't he just sign like a three-year <laughs> extension or something like that? I think he did. Yeah, well, that's why. He, he was, that's what I'm saying, a couple year, a year or two ago when he was contemplating it, then I think they had him come back and then they gave him that extension. But, I mean... In actuality, he I, he doesn't need it, man. It's the whole yeah. thing with, with Andrew Luck. The same thing that we were talking about, the trend coming, that these people are going to start you know, retiring earlier. Now, as a competitor, I could see him sticking around. Uh, I don't think he'll do it for the money. He would do it for the competition. But being that he was already wanting to go before this happened, I, I don't see him coming back next year. <sighs> I... I think he does come back. I feel like if anything, he would just, you know, stick around on the sidelines and, um, you know, just kind of be the backup and um, just kind of stick around and, you know, collect his salary. I don't really know how much they have invested in Rudolph as his replacement. 
I it seems like they do like have stock in him since they just traded away that first round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick. And um I just Yeah, uh, that was a big move. Yeah, and so I don't know I don't know if they use that as a sign that they believe in him or they just trust in their front offense to draft somebody in like the second through fourth round instead. I d- I don't know what that is or if they just thought Minka Fitzpatrick was just too good to pass up. But um I don't know. I don't know. I think it's all I think it's all going to depend on how Mason Rudolph does because he he didn't look bad this week in his in his fill-in role. Um he was a really good quarterback at OK State. I I forget what round they drafted him in. Um but if this kid can come through and not really miss too much of a beat as I mean when you're looking at it from a rookie's perspective, obviously it's going to be tough coming in with a with your uh, in the middle of this or in the beginning of the season, one that's already going to be tough in a division that is you were supposed to be a competitor in, but is already kind of you know bulked up. It's it's going to be nerve wracking for the kid if he can perform even remotely close to what a mediocre quarterback should be able to perform. I think they either push Big Ben into retirement to save some of that money, or they ask him to definitely take a back role in which case i think he's more competitive than that if he would like to stick around and they don't want him to start i think they he asked for a trade or they trade him just to try and get something back before he leaves yeah i mean really i need to it it really depends on how he recovers from that elbow injury because like you mentioned uh there wasn't like any like collision on that play and it's always it's always the plays where there's no contact that make you think okay this is something deeper and um yeah because you're at that point your body's just kind of failing you yeah exactly is that's exactly what i think of whenever players in the nba um go down without any sort of collision that's exactly what i thought of whenever kevin durant left the finals game he just he didn't have any sort of collision he just he just uh you know just gave out and i was like okay that's something terrible and um yeah non-contact is always a red flag yeah exactly and so um i've and I mean, obviously, this puts a huge damper in their outlook on this season. Uh, where did you have them pegged before um, the season started? Do you think that they were like a like a Super Bowl contender, dark horse? I, I actually had them winning the division. Now, mind you, this was before I saw the Ravens' defense that is that ended up being the monster that it has been these past two games. But before the season started, I had the Steelers either winning the division or being a wild card, but I definitely had them in the playoffs. Um, but now they're 0-2. Yeah. No Big Ben, uh, which kind of says no Juju. You know, it's it's just going to be a complete... Unless Mason Rudolph can pull some crazy shit out of his ass, but I completely doubt it. Uh, yeah, was he even regarded I, as I that high like of a they, prospect? They may tank. No, no, he was... So he was, like I said, he was a good quarterback. But, I mean, we've seen stranger things, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, we've seen Tony Romo undrafted, Tom Brady sixth round, yeah. Dak Prescott fourth round. You know, it, it happens. And it happens more often with quarterbacks than it does with any other position. Mm-hmm. So it is possible, but it's not that plausible. I, I, I don't see that being a huge case. Um, but I, uh, they're 0-2. Yeah, the Dolphins might have to watch out because the Steelers might just go ahead and tank for Tua and out-tank the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah, there's that. Um, I mean, speaking of, like, just all of a sudden having a new um, image of the team, the Steelers, who 
what, just a couple years ago had Roethlisberger, Bell, Antonio Brown. Now have nobody. It's all Yeah, they're all they're all gone. They're all out of there. Yeah, who who's the who's the head of the team now? It would be what Juju and then I guess it would have to be Juju, yeah. Juju uh And then after him probably gonna be their they're going to have to call Troy Polamalu back or something. <laughs> They're going to have to get some some kind of chemistry going in that locker room. James Conner, obviously, yeah, everybody looks up to James Conner. You know, he's a cancer survivor. He really filled in the spot whenever Le'Veon left, so he kind of led that team. Yeah. However, being that Mason Rudolph is such an inexperienced quarterback, it's going to all lay on James Conner's shoulders now, and I'm just not mm-hmm. sure that he can carry the load of a franchise like the Steelers. It was one th- – yeah, it was one thing to – um, take the place of Bell when all the other staples were in place. But now that everybody's gone and it's all mm-hmm. on you, that's a whole different exactly. story. Exactly, exactly. Now another another inexperienced guy who the kind of like historic franchise is falling on right now is is uh, you mentioned that Eli is not hurt, but he did get benched. Um, Daniel Jones is now starting for the New York Giants. Yeah, because if you saw and... if you saw the Giants the last couple of weeks, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of all of all their issues that they have, number one is quarterback. They they were solid on everything else. They just needed a new quarterback. Is all they needed, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know the good thing about Daniel Jones is that he's got nothing to lose right now, and really neither do the Giants. True. Because Eli's not hurt. You know, if Daniel Jones doesn't pan out. All they got to do is put their two-time Super Bowl MVP back in and and then tank the season if they have to or try if they have a chance. You know, the NFC East is always a wild division. Um, not saying that the Giants do have a chance, but they when you got Saquon Barkley running out of your backfield, mm-hmm. it's never a lost cause. I feel like it still is. I don't know. I, <laughs> I just didn't really have that much faith in them to begin with. I felt like they were definitely going to be last in the division. Probably should be taking the Miami route and tanking. Maybe not as blatantly as Miami, but they should definitely start um, looking forward to the next season and who they're going to be taking in the in next year's draft. Because I just don't see. So I mean, we you got Saquon Barkley, who's you know is going to be your core for the next five years at least, and you got Daniel mm-hmm. Jones. Who knows how that's going to pan out. And then after that, who else do they have? I don't think that there's a... Well, I, I really, really like their tight end, Evan Ingram. Um, he's a great, great tight end. He's the kind of tight end who's built like... Oh, crap. Uh, he's the kind of tight end He's kind of tight end that's built like a wide receiver. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, if he's covered, he's almost always open anyways. The guy can make plays. Um, he can block. He he can do a lot of stuff. Sterling Shepard is another kid who's who's a young guy. If he can come into his own, he which he was doing last year, but he got hurt. He's kind of sidelined. Um, if he can come into his own, and then you're talking about a a pretty good core, young core mm-hmm. that you can work off of. If Daniel Jones pans out, mm-hmm. now I feel like in if you're gonna rebuild, if you are gonna tank. Obviously, you don't need a quarterback because you've already drafted your friend who you think is going to be your franchise quarterback. Mm -hmm. You don't need a running back. You don't need a tight end. You could possibly go for a receiver, but you don't need to do that in the draft. You already have your number one receiver. Um, It's got to be either O-line or defense. And really, to protect the the quarterback, successful drafts have always been when you draft Mm O-linemen. 
So, but for that, you don't really have to tank. I mean, not a lot of people are looking for O linemen, and if they are, you don't have to get the first or the second O lineman off the off the board because I mean, all these guys are big boys; they're going to do the job right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for so for this season, is there anything beyond Daniel Jones's success that would mark a good Giants season? Like at this at this at this point in the season, do you just have to put everything else aside and say, you know, as long as Daniel Jones looks good, at least looks like he has potential, then, you know, we can chalk this up as a season that had value. Yeah, absolutely. I'm on that boat. If 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 you go I mean obviously you don't want to go 0 and sixteen, right? But if Daniel Jones can get the Giants to go six and ten after being 0 and two, um as a rookie Filling, filling in that role, 6-10, and 10, I feel like I would be hopeful as a GM, as an OC. I'd be hopeful for the future. Uh, that's going to get us a high draft pick, and that tells us that we already have a kid who has now a whole NFL season under his belt, some experience, um, and a little more chemistry with a young core. I think 6-10 and 10 would be a, a – 6-10 and 10 with Daniel Jones, not having to put Eli back in. 6-10 and 10 with Daniel Jones would be a, a pretty good success if I was a, a member of the Giants franchise. And what were what were your thoughts on Daniel Jones whenever he was drafted? Was that last year, or the year before, or? Oh no, it was it was this past year. He was drafted. They traded up to get him at number six. I believe it was number six. Um, I was of the people that were laughing hysterically <laughs> at the New York Football Giants <laughs> because we're talking about a kid who I, I don't want to and don't quote me here, but I think he may have started a whole year at. Duke University, he he was a starting quarterback at a basketball right, college, right, right. and and it just wasn't anything that that you would trade up to number six for. However, the Eagles did trade up for North Dakota State's own Carson Wentz, and that ended up working for the meantime, anyways. Uh, and you know Jared Goff from UCLA, um, or sorry from Cal, um, mm-hmm. he worked out, but. I just don't think I, – well, I didn't think at the time that Daniel Jones was anything to to be afraid of. But then I saw him hit the field, and I get it, preseason, you're playing against subs and stuff, but the way that he actually handled it, the way that he played that game through those balls, he's he's a – he might be a force. He might be a kid that, that could come out and, and be that underrated kid from an underrated school like Tony Romo out of Eastern Illinois or, or – um, or, I mean, countless other quarterbacks that have come from spots that we don't ever hear of, really. Okay, so at this point, uh, replacing Eli with Daniel Jones, do you think this is right on time, too early, too late to be making this decision? I don't think it's – oh, no, I thought it was too early. Um, well, no, I can't say too early because this goes back to last year. I mean, Eli hasn't been doing well for the past couple of years. Um, however, I did think, and I, I spoke with a couple of friends before the season started, I, I thought – that they'd go 0 and 4, that they'd maybe go five games, that they would give Eli four or five losses before they took him out and put Daniel Jones in. But the reason why the Giants organization drafted Daniel Jones is because of Eli and because of Peyton. They know this kid. They've they've their family has known him for a long time. They kind of groomed him to be the quarterback that he is. Mm-hmm. Um, they went to the Giants and told the Giants, you know, this kid is going to be good. You should. Tra-. They probably shouldn't have traded up for him because nobody else was going to take him. <laughs> but 
they did, and they got him, and they got him on the word of, I don't want to say two of the greatest, because I, whatever, Eli may have beat Tom Brady twice, but I still don't count him as the greatest. <laughs> um, they got him on the word of two really good quarterbacks, four Super Bowls in between them. Uh, so he, it's not something to be taken too lightly, I guess. So I, I feel like I thought it was too early in the season, but it's kind of too late in Eli's career. You should have taken him out a while back. That's what, but I think it's – I mean, with that balancing out, it's it's a good move for the Giants, I believe. That's what I was thinking was that yeah, Eli has not been good for a while now, the past couple of years. It's kind of felt like at this point it was just more of like a – what like a dedication season, like a reti- like a like a retirement tour kind of season for him. You know, you know he's he's getting washed, and you know there's not yeah. there's not really any sense. I mean, I understand you hang on to your quarterback whenever they brought you success, but those days are long gone. And so I just didn't understand why if the if the change was going to happen two weeks into the season, why not just do it in the off season? Why not just let like trade trade Eli, let him go to whatever team that he wanted to go to. Or maybe even earlier than that. Like I just don't see what what were they hoping for this season? Whenever um, they were hanging on to Eli, well, what did they think that their outlook with Eli looked like? And if it was really that much different, or even any better than it would be with Daniel Jones? Yeah, and I feel like I feel like like you said, you know, you stick with the people who who you know Eli's done so much for the Giants. I feel like that's the only reason that they've have continued to give him the time to, you know, maybe try and turn it around. They, I feel like the Giants organization thought that Eli deserved that much. You know, he took you to the Super Bowl twice. He beat the greatest quarterback of all time. I've said this, you know, I know multiple times already, but it's because you have to emphasize it. The, the way that he went in there and the plays that he had to make to bring two trophies to New York it's it's something that I feel like they owed to him to stick with him for as long as they could. But he doesn't – and honestly, shit, when Tom Coughlin left, that was the writings on the wall for the end of Eli's career because Tom Coughlin and Eli, they were boys, um, which is kind of why – and I'll talk about this later, but which is kind of why I could kind of maybe see Eli ending up in Jacksonville because that's where Tom Coughlin is the president now. Right, um, but yeah, I feel like the Giants kind of just owed it to him. They thought they owed it to him, but now you know it's. You, there comes a time where you got to make a business decision. Mm-hmm. You got to make the decision that's best for the franchise and for the city. And I mean, it's the right time. Yeah, I mean, I just am of the mindset that they should have pulled the plug on this earlier. Just like usually, not even in sports, but just like in businesses across the board. Whenever there's a re- new regime that takes over, you want to make changes. You want to clean house. I didn't understand why they were hanging on to him especially like post Tom Coughlin era it just didn't seem like he was a fit for it it seemed apparent to most people I mean I guess better late than never yeah yeah absolutely and um going to another quarterback in the NFC uh but one that's a little sadder for everybody I think is Drew Brees' injury Drew Brees going down yeah um, I think you said he had a torn ligament in his thumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, having surgery um, out looking for six to be weeks. out six to eight weeks. Yeah. And that's that's just heartbreaking, man. Like the way that his season has ended the last two years. You know, two years ago it was the the miracle in Minnesota where it was that last ditch <laughs> effort, and their corner, their safety just 
completely ruined it for them, and they, their dream was crushed. And then last year, getting robbed by the by the Rams, <laughs> and then this year was supposed to be his revenge on the Rams, and he gets taken out and for six to eight weeks. God, it's just so hard. But he deserves so much more than that. He really does. He really does. It's so like I don't think that there has been a fan base that has felt more like the air was let out from them than the Saints. It feels like they're one of the teams that you just think of what if, just like if they had a few breaks go their way. Hopefully this isn't something that affects them by playoff run time. You know, he should be back midway or a little bit after midway through the season, and hopefully they're in position to still be making the playoffs, and um, hopefully it doesn't affect it, but, I mean, who knows? That doesn't... I mean, they're they're lucky that in the division that they're in right now, the NFC South, the Panthers are having their own quarterback problems. They can barely squeak out a win, if anything. Actually, I think they're zero and two. I think they, they are zero and two, and then they lost to the Bucks. Um, so the the Bucks is their comp- main competition right now, and yeah. and that's whatever they can get past that. Um, but the Falcons, I guess I shouldn't disrespect the Falcons. Um, but it, this is not the toughest division. I feel like if Teddy Bridgewater can win two three games if he can go three and three maybe two and four keep the saints within a fighting distance within a fighting chance watch out because if tom if tom brady sorry if drew Brees comes back and they have a chance he's gonna run the table that guy is gonna come because he knows that his hall of fame career is is coming to a close mm-hmm. so he's gonna he's gonna leave it all out there i can't wait to see him come back i hope he comes back healthy i hope he comes back in in ample time but I, at the right time not too late, and, and I can't wait to see what he does. Okay, their next six games against, uh, let me see. Let me see. I can't tell if these are road games or home games. Okay, here we go. Um, okay, so next week at Seattle. Next, The following week, hosting the Cowboys. Following week, hosting the Bucks. Following week, at Jacksonville. Following week, at Chicago. And after that hosting Arizona. What do you think their record is after that? They can go 3 and 3. three, and they, three. they can go 3 and 3 there. I, I don't see them winning against Seattle um without Drew Brees. And honestly, this isn't even being biased. Without Drew Brees, I don't see them beating the Cowboys. Um I I think I see it as a toss-up. Actually, I still give them the advantage against the Jaguars. Because the thing is, well, I'll talk about that right now. I uh, give them the advantage about the Jaguars over the Jaguars. Uh, who did you say was after that? Um, let me see. It's um, Seahawks, Cowboys, Bucks, uh, uh, Jaguars, Bears, Cardinals. Okay, Bucks. I think they beat the Bucks. I think uh, I think they they beat the Bucks. Fine. Are they playing in Tampa or in, in New Orleans? New Orleans. Oh yeah, yeah. They got that game. So that's they'll be two and one. I mean, sorry, one and two. And then they got the Jags. They'll be two and two. Then they play the Bears. I don't see them beating the Bears. That defense is stout. Um, and then after that, they got. Uh, oh my God! I can't believe it. Uh, Cardinals. I forgot who you said. Oh yeah, the Cardinals. Um, so that game, I think, would be kind of evenly matched because Teddy Bridgewater, if he by that time he should be back to how he was. The thing is that Teddy Bridgewater used to be such a good quarterback. He was supposed to be the kind of quarterback of the future that the Minnesota Vikings needed, but he had such a rough go of it. He got knocked out. He got his head taken clean off mm-hmm. 
on the field. It was disgusting. He was unconscious for a while. It was actually pretty scary. And then he gets his, his knee obliterated in, in practice. Um, he's out for two years. The doctor said that he may not even play again. Now he's back. He's playing for a, a marquee franchise. Um, by the time that they come to play Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, I think that t- that uh, Teddy Bridgewater will have his feet back under him. He'll be coming back into his own. Uh, he'll have a couple of wins under his belt. Um, I think that's going to be an exciting game, but I do think the Saints take that. However, Drew Brees is slated to come back in six to eight weeks. I did hear an interview with a um, surgeon the other day, Dr. Clapper, I want to say his name was. He is predicting that Drew Brees will be back much quicker than that, that the torn ligament in the hand is not oh, really? that big a deal, but they do have to give that timetable so that people aren't you know, demanding to see him. You know what I mean? If something does happen, then he will be out six to eight weeks, but he thinks that he'll be out in four to three to five. If they go... If they go one and three, do you th- at in four weeks from now they they're one and three, so that would put them at two and five. Do you, or not two and four? Do you think that there's more pressure on Breeze to come back at that point, or do they think they still ride it out until he's safe? If they go two and four, I don't see the Bucks being that far ahead of them. Possibly the Falcons, but they could still have a shot at a wild card. If they go two and four and they're less than less than three games behind the Falcons, yeah, I see them. They'll bring them back, and 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 not so much that Sean Payton will bring them back. He'll come back. Mm-hmm. He'll want to come back. He'll force it back. Like I am a veteran. I'm the man of this team. Let me come back. You know, I know I only have so much left in the tank. I mm-hmm. want to use it all. I want to play for this team, and he will. Mm-hmm. And and. The Falcons and the Bucks and the Panthers should be afraid of that happening because he will run the table. Yeah, and I think you just feel that, um, not necessarily from other people, but I think you just feel that yourself whenever you're the leader of the team, especially when you're the quarterback of the team, and you see that they are teetering, you know, like, you know, wavering between playoffs, no playoffs, when your expectations are much higher than that. You just feel kind of obligated to come back even earlier than you need be. I don't know what he can do about it. Ta- I don't know, splinting it, taping it up. I'm not sure what all can actually uh, he can do to you know numb the pain or numb the damage of a of a ligament. But I feel like they're gonna have to start addressing that question if they um, are you know two and four or any worse than that. And especially because this is a franchise, the New Orleans Saints this is a franchise in a city who picked Drew Brees out of an adoption shelter. He was hurt. He was really, really promising with the San Diego Chargers. He got hurt. He tore some. He tore a rotator cuff. I think he tore something in his shoulder. They traded him. They or they wanted to get rid of him, so they shipped him out. He ended up in New Orleans. They knew what kind of injury he had gone through. They gave him a chance. He delivered a trophy to that city, and it's just kind of a bond that that he knows he he's got to be there for them. Just like they know that they're not going to give up on him. Like, it's it's such a nice – I'm not a Saints fan, but I am a diehard Drew Brees. I love that guy. Mm-hmm. He's a great guy. He's, um, he's a Texas native. He, um, he, he's, he's, if he has any given – like, any chance at all, he's going to come back for New Orleans. And yeah. he will help them get to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, he, def- he defines New Orleans football of the last 15 years. And so I don't yeah. really see – if they need him back – 
you know, they're not going to, you know, he's at the point of legendary status in New Orleans where I don't think that they're going to um, pressure him or feel like they're even in a position to pressure him into coming back. You know, they're going to leave it to him to decide when he's ready. And because he's Drew Brees, he's going to come back whenever they need him back if it's any sooner or later than the medical expectation. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's funny, right? It's funny how, like, both Breeze and Roethlisberger are veterans, but one of them, I feel like, is done, is not going to come back for anything. And then the other one, I'm like, it doesn't matter what it is, he's going to come back. Like, he's going to be there. He's going to do it. Big Ben, in my mind, is out. Drew Breeze is is, is uh, staying in. Um, he's, he'll do whatever he can to get there. The... The... Um, the quarterback situation right now all over the place is just kind of out of whack. None more so, I don't think, than Miami. Miami. Ryan Fitzpatrick Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen are are garbage. Yeah, I was saying they have a whole team situation that they can't figure <laughs> out. It's not a quarterback situation. It's top yeah, to yeah, bottom. Yeah, no, you know what? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, those guys, they just they don't want to do anything. They don't want to. They don't they, – they don't want to win at all, and now everybody wants to jump ship. Yeah, I mean, it, I I get it in basketball because it's it's not a contact sport. Like, it's not nearly as physical as football is. It's like, you know, in football, how does it feel knowing that you're going out onto the field every week because the Dolphins think that you're going to help them <laughs> lose? It's like yeah. you, are the, you are the ones who are playing the game it's your brains who are turning to mush and filling up with cte because you're the you're they you were put in that position because the players you know contracts are not that friendly in the nfl and for these players who are playing they have no other choice they just have to do it and for the good players who do have a future they're like, I don't need this bullshit. Just like, get me out of here. <laughs> and so, which is exactly yeah, they, why they Mika Fitzpatrick out. wasn't Fitzpatrick drafted last year. It's like uh, Mika Fitzpatrick was drafted in 2018, so two years ago, I think, because he was taken eight picks before Leighton Vanderish. How second. do you? So yeah, 2018. How do you spin this as a ploy to uh, build for the future? Whenever one of your cornerstones for the future, you just let go for another pick. Just like now, with this pick that they get from Pittsburgh, they're going to hope that they get someone who was just as good as him, even though they had him. Yeah, he's he was easily, in my eyes, the best player left on their team. And they just napped yeah. later, chalked him out. And he, he should have been the anchor. He was... You know, defense wins championships. He was the leader of that defense. The hands-down best player, probably one of the best at his position in the entire league, and they let him go for one first-round pick. Which made me think, like, what is the what is the ethical way to tank in football? <laughs> there's yeah, there's I not don't know really what Brian Flores is doing. Th- there's no like th- th- there's no way to tank in football. Like there's like Whoever ends up with the worst record, you know, it happens the way it happens. And for the teams who are blatantly trying to to lobby for the number one pick like the Dolphins are, you get a lot more backlash, especially when it looks like there's, like, no plan for it. Like, it looks like with Miami because, you know, when other teams, you know, shoot for draft picks, 
it's because they have a core together that they're comfortable with. Yeah. If not, if not even a foundational core, they have some players who they think that they can get something out of, who have potential, and they're trying to build off of that. They are starting from from level one with nobody. Getting rid of the young players yeah. who had potential and completely starting over, which makes no goddamn sense. And then the thing that's going to happen is, like, over the next two years, as it stands right now, and it'll probably be more, but as it stands right now, over the next two drafts, the Miami Dolphins have five picks in the first round. They have three this coming year and then two the year after that. What happens with that is, yeah, that's all good and well, and, and you're going to get some superstars. First of all, they don't always pan out. Second of all, if they do all pan out, you're going to have to pay all three of those. You're going to be in the situation that the Dallas Cowboys were in this year when we had we, that one draft we had Zeke, Jalen Smith, and Dak Prescott, and then we kind of backed ourselves into a corner with contracts. Now you're talking about three first-round picks that you got to pay? Much, and then you that's not even talking about the second, third, fourth round picks that you end up getting in that and they end up being good, God forbid. Because how are you gonna pick? Yeah, exactly. There's no way, exactly. But with the, with the Cowboys, there was three guys that they were trying to divide the money over, and then and then what in, in a few years down the road, best case scenario for the Dolphins, they're in that same scenario, but with like eight guys. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do then? Yeah. It just and even if you do get so, and let's say that half of them pan out, let's say that they get four stars or, like, four players with good potential, how good do they have to be in order to justify going through this process? Because, like, let's say let's say you get... Okay, so let's say... Um, what is it? They have, like, what did you say? Seven, eight first-round picks over the next couple of years? Uh, they, have, they have five first-rounders over the next two years, but then they also have another four or five second rounders over the next two years okay yeah so let, okay so let's just um okay let's say half of the so they got 10 picks in the first two rounds for the next okay, two years. yeah so let, let's say let's say half of them pan out that's five players and what do they have to and let's say let's say two of them are pro bowl level does that justify going through this process i don't know if it does no hell no hell no because you got rid of Two Pro Bowlers in in uh, Minka Fitzpatrick and Laramie Tunsil, and possibly Kenny Stills too. Get, yeah. The next thing they're gonna do is get rid of Kenyon Drake. Like I guarantee you, if they they are tanking too hard. It's too much what they're doing. I don't understand. Brian Flores, their new head coach, is coming from New England. I don't get why he's thinking this way. It's not gonna work. It's not. Yeah. No. It's never. I mean, I understand whenever teams want to build through the draft, but whenever you can't just burn it all down and just just completely wipe the slate clean, you got to start with something and it doesn't feel like they're it doesn't feel like they have that right now. So I don't know what the, I don't know what yeah, I don't right. know what I don't know what the plan is and I don't blame the players for demanding a trade because this is a team with zero direction who's asking you to go out there do the best you can, even though they're setting you up to fail. I don't know what to do. Yeah, Minka successfully got out of there. Um, I feel bad. I wanted the Cowboys to get Minka Fitzpatrick. I really like the kid. Um, I feel bad for anybody that's left back in Miami 
Uh, except for Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> that guy's in it for the check. He's in it for the long haul. He doesn't care, dude. Yeah, he's Gucci. <laughs> and uh, and Josh Rosen is kind of just getting swept under the rug. They traded for him, and then they're basically saying, like, no, we saw you in training camp, and you don't look too good, so we're just going to toss it all in the garbage. Yeah, which shows how well they evaluate young talent, stocking up, yeah. Yeah, stocking <laughs> up on picks, going for the youth movement. And you and they just blow it on the quarterback, which I know it doesn't like mean that's the end of everything, but hey, could have been better too. Yeah, yeah, it could have. Um, Florida, Florida teams, Florida teams are not looking too hot right now. And the Miami Dolphins, with everybody jumping ship, the Jaguars got injuries. However, they also have somebody that wants to get out of there. Jalen Ramsey requested a trade mm-hmm. earlier this morning or yesterday morning, I believe. Yeah, speaking, Something yeah, like speaking that. of players that we hope the Cowboys would trade for. Uh, yeah. that. But the thing with him, too, is that he also came out in that draft where we got Zeke, Jalen, and Dak. He yeah. was one pick after Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. Um, so... And and the main reason, you know, I don't know if, if you guys saw the game this past weekend, but he got into a pretty heated conversation uh, with Maroney. With Doug Maroney. Uh-huh. Um and, and a lot of people are thinking, oh, you know, that that uh argument is what led him to to request a trade, but that's not so. Two years ago, the Jacksonville Jaguars were in the AFC championship game. There was a I guess for lack of a better word, questionable call when they played the Patriots, had that call not happened or gone the other way, they would very well have been in the in the Super Bowl, and who knows what would have happened. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think they would have won, but possibly they could have. Anything could happen in the Super Bowl. But the, the point that I'm getting at is that that year, it wasn't Blake Bortles that took them there. It was their defense. They had the meanest defense in the National Football League, and it was anchored by Jalen Ramsey. They had six pro bowlers on that defense that year. Not one of them got a contract extension. The guy that got a contract extension the, ne- the next year was Blake Bortles. Mm-hmm. He got something like 20-something million guaranteed. Um, everybody on the defense kind of got swept under the rug. He just feels that for the past two years, he, along with a lot of others on the team, have gone unappreciated. And... It sucks because he's acted out quite a few times. I'm not a big fan of players that do that. He's kind of immature in my book. But there's no denying that he's great. He really is. He could possibly be the best defensive back in the league right now, and he's not being treated like it, and they're not doing anything to help him. All they're doing, and then on top of Blake Borders' extension, then they end up letting him go, and they pay Nick Foles something like $80 million with 50-something guaranteed or something like that, like, and what am I, chopped liver? Like, I'm just <laughs> sitting back here trying to pick off balls just so you can pay everybody else? Like, what's going on? So it's been a long time coming for Jalen Ramsey. I have a dirty, nasty feeling that he's going to end up with the Patriots, and I really, really <laughs> hope not. The league would have to but step in at that point. <laughs> yeah, you got to do the whole Chris Paltrow <laughs> thing, just block that shit real quick. And it's, it, can't, it can't happen. I would love for him to be with the Cowboys, but... Being that he was drafted that same year, he's going to want a big check as well. And we just can't afford it right now. Let him go to somewhere that deserves him. Hopefully he ends up with the Chiefs. Um, he's a great, great player. He's got some growing up to do. But the, the Jaguars look like they may be losing their best defensive player here pretty soon. What do you think um, 
for these teams who are not well positioned to win, do you, um, is it a matter of um, you alluded to it earlier about Jacksonville not really um, appreciating Jalen Ramsey for the talent that he is, and um, what would you say he is in fact the best player on the team? And um, is it is it is it that that we can chalk it up to that he? Um, is not being treated like one, and that's why he's trying to make his way out of there. Do you think that it's a respect thing, or is it, it just goes hand in hand with the not being all that good? It's it's definitely hand in hand because here's what here's what happened. The, the evidence for the past two years points to you know they haven't paid him. I mean, hell, when he rolled up, people roll up in in crazy cars to training camp, right? This year he rolled up in a brink. Oh yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> And he wanted them to be, I mean, obviously the the most like blatant sign ever, like pay the man, you know, he wants to get paid. Obviously that didn't happen. Not only did it not happen, they straight up told him he's not getting an extension this year. Um, so it's a mix of that, but also, so this news broke yesterday, I want to say, that he asked for a trade. And then 24 hours later this morning, they asked him about it and he was quoted saying, I just want to fucking win, bro. Like <laughs> that's... So, so it's a perfect mix. He knows he's being underappreciated, undervalued, and also he knows how good he is. He just wants to win. Like he wants a chance. And these franchises that are tanking or that just aren't doing anything to build around them, they're. I mean, they're. You're not doing anything for me. Why should I work my tail off for you? You know what I'm saying? Is he on the team? Is he playing Thursday night? Oh uh, yes, he said he was also quoted saying uh, he definitely wants to play. If he's still there, he wants to play the game. He's not gonna hold it. He's a kid. Somebody, it, it, and it sucks because, like I said, he's immature. But he also, you you kind of have to have a really good like center about you to. Yeah, you want to get paid, but you're not about to miss the game. Like if I'm healthy. I I know I'm good and I love the game. I'm gonna play. If I'm healthy and I'm here, I'm gonna play. Mm-hmm. He's not holding out, and I do respect that. I kind of feel like he should he should have been one to hold out. <laughs> if anybody, it, it's it's those guys who are in not so great of teams who clearly deserve better, who I feel like are a hundred percent well within their right to be the kind of person to demand. Uh, to be paid, you know, show it. Yeah, because what's he gonna get by playing? Nothing. Like he's not gonna gain anything by playing. Yeah, just wear his body down. That's it. <laughs> exactly. Everybody knows how good he is already. He doesn't have to prove it on a Thursday night against a shitty or a questionable Titans team. Mm-hmm. Like even if he does, let's say he has two picks. Well, whatever. People have been shitting on Mariota for the past three years, anyways. So it's not like he's, you know, Brett Favre out here or anything like that. Like, if he has picks, he has picks. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Everybody's still going to know how good he is. He's just risking himself playing on Thursday, which is weird because I don't like when players hold out. But I get what you're saying. <laughs> like, if anybody, I would understand if he didn't play this week. But he did say he was going to. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you think he's playing on Thursday. What? At what point um, do you think uh, – at what point do you think he lasts the season? Trade deadline? What are you thinking? No, I, I think they trade him. They they trade him for for two reasons, I guess. A because he obviously is disgruntled. Nobody wants to keep a toxic person like that in your weight room. And B because his contract is coming up. If they don't trade him, they're not gonna pay him. 
he's not going to sign. He's going to hit free agency, and they're going to lose him for nothing. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like I don't think he's on the Jacksonville Jaguars come November. I think he's gone well before then. Hopefully to Dallas. I don't know how it happens. I don't know. I still have a lot of catching up to learn about how the NFL salary cap and CBA works. But let's make it happen, Jerry Jones. You got money. You charge my parents <laughs> I mean, a shitload right? like, to, get, op- to watch your games. Tell Tell him you'll open him a, a, his, a line of his own restaurants when he retires. Like, Give him some incentive, dude. I'm sure he'll sign for less if you s- promise him you'll set him up. You got the money to do it. <laughs> Just do it, Jerry. Um, what was the... What was the... There was something about um, another team's um, naming rights that... Um, what was it called? Okay, here we go. Yeah, the Rams... I, I see here that the Rams and Chargers' new stadium is going to be called the SoFi Stadium. And Jerry Jones is going to be getting paid off of the naming rights because his company negotiated the deal. Just he, wow. He's making money off of other teams. Is that even allowed? Jerry Jones <laughs> will always make money. There, there are very few certainties in life. That is one of them. Jerry Jones will be profitable no matter what. I can't believe that. I hadn't heard that, but I understand. <laughs> like he's so he's so rich. Just like what what does he even need to do this for? <laughs> just like exactly. Yeah, he gets paid nineteen million dollars a year by AT and T just so that his stadium could be named AT and T Stadium. Like it's literally like it's not even. It feels like it's beyond being a businessman. It's like it's like just his hobby to make money. It's just a hobby. Oh, he, he's like, he's the peppy dude. He's just a pimp. That's what he does for fun. God, he's yeah, crazy. Just like I sit around and play my Nintendo Switch is the same way that he just goes around making deals. It's ridiculous. It's, it's yes, ridiculous. exactly, exactly. That's what he does for fun. That's just his little side gig there. I can't believe that. That's crazy. Oh my god. Okay. All right then. Um, I guess we gotta talk a little bit about Antonio Brown. Uh, oh, let's let's make it. Let, I'm gonna I'm gonna put I'm gonna put a timer on this because I'm starting. To, yeah, I'm, that's that's a good idea. I'm jumping on the same boat as you. I'm tired of this guy's shit. What do we put it at? Two minutes? Three minutes? Uh, yeah, let's let's give him let's give him two and a half minutes just because he scored. So that we'll give him a little bit. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So, all right. So he makes his debut with the Patriots. Uh, was it four receptions, including a touchdown? Went just about as well as anybody would imagine. Um, you know, it didn't seem to be any distraction for the team, at least performance-wise. But um, did you see the story that came out of like how, like all of these other like low-level scandals that he's involved in? It's I did, I did, yeah. This guy's a fucking weirdo. It's, that's what I was about to say. They're weird. They're just odd stories. Like, I'm not trying to discredit anybody. Like, you know, assault is assault and stuff. But some of them are kind of like, what? What? <laughs> like, did you see the one about the doctor? His, the, yeah. The, the doctor, he, like, farted in his face multiple times. Like, what? Yeah, it was that. And um, he just has a habit of getting these people who are, like, I guess, like, low level people that he clearly thinks that he's above and um, luring them in basically bait and switching them like talking them up as Mm -hmm. much as possible it was a doctor it was a nutritionist it was a trainer it was someone who did a painting of him and just it was just all these random things all these random people who he convinces to do work for him and then he just bails 
and it's yeah it doesn't pay i mean even the chef he had a, a probo party yeah he had a chef cater and he didn't pay that guy either and it's all these little things like these aren't hundreds of thousands of dollar losses these are all like it's like it's like it's like a thousand bucks here like ten thousand bucks there it's like just fucking yeah. pay the money like what is this guy's exactly. deal exactly like you, you're always talking about businesses booming we know how much you get paid just pay the guys the chef however i will say was like thirty eight thousand but still, to Antonio Brown, yeah. that's nothing. That's pocket change. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. That guy, and speaking of which, that guy, I remember that part of the story, he even told him, just, hey, you pay me the money, and I'll throw you a free dinner party. Just, I'll give you something for free if you just pay me what you promised me this time. And he still didn't. Dude, he's, yeah, he just thinks that he's above everybody. It, and it doesn't help that in his debut he did so well with the Patriots. Um, however, it should be noted that when after the game, when the when the media entered the locker room, his locker was cleaned out. His nameplate wasn't even on the locker. He he was gone, gone. And then all these other allegations come out. So we'll see how that works. Yeah, I mean the guy's just the guy's just a piece of shit. Not only to he just, is right. Yeah, not only not only with all these low level scandals. But also with the assault stories, and just like even if the first one that's in a civil suit, even if nothing comes of that, like there's a trail to him. Like fuck that guy. That's mm. that's just fucking yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, and and he shouldn't. I understand that he's good. That shouldn't get him out of all of this. No, he shouldn't be allowed to just skate on all that. Yeah, even though apparently it's a thing to cheer for when you go through the ad- when you overcome the adversity that you set up yourself. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. I. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Okay. All right. Happy stuff. Let's talk about fantasy. Okay. How's your team do this week, Hector? My team, JP, I will have <laughs> you know, did fairly well. Okay. But Steven, and I know you're hearing this, Steven, <laughs> you rap bastard. Steven had Lamar Jackson drop 40 points. <laughs> and not only that, he had the Patriots defense <laughs> who he streamed. He streamed the Patriots defense against the Dolphins, and I kind of hit myself and blamed myself for that because I should have done that. The Patriots defense in my league got Steven 38.5 points. Oh, my God. In two players, in two players, he had half of my team's points. It was ridiculous. Oh, my goodness. So the one, I have a bounce back week. My players all do good. Everybody's above 15 points. Yeah. And then I just play some lunatic that just balls out. Oh, and then also – he had Mark Andrews, who he picked up after the draft, and, and so he has got double points with Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, mm-hmm. and Mark Andrews dropped another like thirty-eight points on me. So thanks. <laughs> so you just caught him whenever he struck lightning. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just caught him at a bad time. However, uh, since you are listening, Stephen, and I hope the rest of the league is listening. Actually, his wife is running his team. No doubt about it. There's, <laughs> there's no doubt in my mind. She's running his team. It's like the whole MacArthur's thing. Oh. But everybody – well, how did your team? Let me ask you how your team did. Uh, well, I was I was better. I lost the first week, and I came back and won the second week. I had um, – my top performers were Odell Beckham. Thank goodness for that – what was it, 89-yard run and touchdown? As soon as yeah. that happened, it was game over. It was done. So I, I locked up that win once that happened. And then my second best player was Matt Ryan. Um, I started, um, the, the thing that sucks for me though, is that I have Gallup who is supposed to be missing the next two to four weeks. So yeah. I don't know. So I have, um, 
Who do I have as his backup? I have Curtis Samuel from the Panthers as his backup, which I don't know how good that even is because now Cam Newton is out, so I don't know who's going to be setting him up for the plays. So Yeah, Curtis Samuel is not bad, um, but yeah, without a quarterback, it's kind of going to be iffy. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not feeling too hot about my prospects now, at least for the next week. Um, I don't know. I need to find. Uh, yeah, I need to. I need to go pick up a pick up pick up a wide receiver or just stick with Samuel. But um, other than that, I think. Um, so, if if a, a pickup for Gallup, I would say if in your league, depending on how big your league is, um, if in your league Randall Cobb is not taken. I would absolutely 110% pick up Randall Cobb. Um, Robinson from the Chiefs, I know he had a big week, and it looks like a boomer bust kind of thing with him. Like, maybe next week he'll be off. Don't don't buy into that. They're playing the Ravens next week. They're going to be in a shootout. Uh, he can't just throw it to Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey. Robinson's going to get some play. Um, who's their other receiver? Us to... Uh, Miko Hardman, they're going to get some play. Any receiver on the Chiefs, if you have to stream them, stream them. Uh, Michael Gallup, it sucks because we said this last week, this was going to be his breakout year. He's out for a couple weeks, two to four. He'll probably be out for four. Um, so, yeah, if you have to replace him, any one of the Chiefs receivers looks good. Randall Cobb, if he's still there, looks good. If for some reason in your league they haven't picked up the the Bengals receivers, I would definitely go and do that. Um, and, and I think those are my top waiver pickers, waiver pickups at receiver for this week. Okay. So how many, how many points did you, uh, not to rub it in, but how many points did you say new, <laughs> well, how many points did you say new England had? Uh, 38.5. 38.5. Okay. Let's set the bar at 31 or what, what 31 over under what the Cowboys get against the Dolphins next week. For the Cowboys, ooh. Oh, man. Yeah, because because a smart pick, I feel like, this year is going to be just just pick up whatever defense is playing Miami. Um, but the Cowboys, I'll, I'll say under 31, just because – and it's going to be right under 31. It won't be too far off. But I think right under 31, just because it, we, for some reason, can't pick the ball off. We just can't intercept the ball. And the New England Patriots did that five times. They mm-hmm. did that five times last week. One of them, or two of them were for uh, touchdowns. They had seven sacks. The sack front we won't be too bad at. We'll get a lot of sacks. But I don't, I don't see us getting five interceptions. So I feel like yeah, so, the Cowboys defense will be anywhere between 20 and 28 points. Yeah, if there's any – yeah, I would say that's the place where the Cowboys are soft on is um, secondary. But – um. How how many points do they need to get? Cause, okay, so when you're playing against Miami, it's on a curve. How many points do yeah. they need to get to not count as embarrassing? What is the moral loss here? 15 fantasy points, 20 points. Yeah, they got to get at least 15. If they get any <laughs> less than 15 points, that means the Dolphins scored more than 14 points on them. No, get out of here. We failed. We shouldn't be up there. If they don't get 15, then it's a failure. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Do you want to talk a little bit about um, how they fared against the Redskins this past week? Uh, so the Cowboys, the defense is good, right? We have a, a really good defensive unit. We started off slow, but it feels like I really hope that that's not the theme for our year because we did the same thing against the Giants. Um, we let them score first. We did come back and we came back storming twenty-one unanswered, but. 
we just have to figure out how to start a little better. Because when we get into teams, we got the Packers coming up in three weeks. When we let teams like the Packers, we play the Patriots this week, this year, the Rams, the Bears, we let teams like that get ahead of us, and it's not going to be that easy to come back. It's not going to be 21 unanswered every time. So the, the Cowboys did well, uh, but there's definitely a lot of room for improvement. So um, I know that the Redskins are not so hot either, but is there anything about the Giants game and the Redskins game that makes you think that the way that they are performing, the big improvements from last year to this year, any of them are for real, or do you need to see it even more with um, the games coming in the future? I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I do know that the first test of the season, the first real test of the season, should be week, I, th- I think, five or six uh, was when we play the Packers at home. It would have been in two weeks when we play the Saints, but Drew Brees is out. So the Packers it is. Um, but I don't want to discredit our guys either. They they still have to catch the ball. Dak still has to throw the ball. You know, our running game could be better, but, yeah, I understand we played two you know, bum teams, but we still had to perform. And Dak Prescott is on his way to being the highest paid quarterback in the NFL right now. He's going to get yeah. at least 35. If he keeps playing like this, he'll get 35, 40 a year. Easy, easy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, once we play the Packers, that's kind of where we really know where we are right now. Which quarterback was it? It was a – was it Kurt Warner? Who was trying to lobby for Dak to take like far less than the thirty-five to thirty to thirty-five that he was asking for? What, yeah. What was, what was he suggesting? What like what like fifteen twenty? It's like yeah, like fifteen to twenty, like eighteen mil or something like that. What the fuck like, is dude, that? Come on, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's just disrespectful. Like, I understand that we got to distribute money and we had a lot of contracts coming up, but come on, man. He's been playing. He's won two out of the last three divisional championships. He's on his way to winning a, a third of the of four. He's, he's I think, on a couple Pro Bowls. Like, don't disrespect the man either. Yeah. Coming from me, who was not a believer in Dak Prescott, I'm starting to think just, yeah, he may, in fact, be worth that money. Because, like, he, he... Yeah, he's got... The, last year, the Cowboys offense, I, I was looking at the stats earlier, it took us six weeks to score nine touchdowns on offense last year and we've done it in the first two games this oh year. wow like he has really upped his game the chemistry with amari cooper is there the chemistry with michael gallup unfortunately is gonna be out but that's there randall cobb i feel like people keep forgetting that this guy's good <laughs> like he's he yeah he's been on the package for so long and he kind of took a backseat to jordy nelson and then again Devonte adams but he's good i mean he keeps performing not to mention Big Wit has got two touchdowns oh, yeah. in his first two games after being out for a whole year. Like he's not slowing down. He may be old, but he's still going. Blake Jarwin is a good young uh, tight end who's learning from Witten. It's the sky's the limit for these guys. And Dak Prescott is leading the team, and he is absolutely the face and anchor of this Cowboys team. Particularly with Jason Witten, I was worried that he was going to be another. Eli Manning sort of deal guy who should not be playing is playing just out of respect but thank goodness he still has some juice left in him yeah he just finds a way to get open and and if you notice it's funny we've been saying this for years if you notice you can't stop forward motion on Jason Winton like you no one stops him in, in his place you just gotta like hold on to him and hope he falls with you like you, you just 
you can't stop him like that. He's a train. He's a big guy, and he's not slowing down. And he finds a way to catch the balls that you feel like the quarterback is trapped. He always gives a good outlet. I feel like he should still be wearing that toupee that he wore in the broadcast booth last year, but that's just oh, me. Oh, yeah, that's please, just me. man. I do not like the Baldwin. <laughs> I don't like I respect him to death, but, God, get some hair, please, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so, yeah, so next week, yeah, and they got the Dolphins, so, yeah, anything below 3-0 and would be a travesty next week. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, we definitely have to go into New Orleans 3-0, we the defense has to have at least 15 fantasy points i would love this is the perfect fucking week man we got to get at least a pick and a fumble recovery we have to at least come on cowboys Mm -hmm. okay all right then well then i guess that just about wraps up everything that was going on in week two and um since i represent half the podcast of course we're going to talk about basketball for a little bit (laughs) (laughs) And so I, I wanted to start off with a question because um, I know, um, I mean, you, st- you still follow basketball pretty well. You're a little bit more casual than I am. So I want to ask you, do you care about USA basketball, plain and simple? Oh, man. I don't think it's like I have pride, but I guess I should put it this way. I would love for them to have won. I don't. It doesn't bother me that they didn't. Yeah. And what about during the Olympics? Oh, yeah, for sure. During the Olympics, I care about USA everything. Okay, all right. <laughs> but FIBA, yeah, I guess so FIBA is not really a big thing to me. Yeah, because I'm wondering, because, I mean, it's completely reasonable as to why USA lost, because this was as least of a talented professional team that they've ever put together. Like, there have been years when they had a few stars a few less stars than normal but this year like it was mostly comprised of very young players still trying to scratch their potential role players um you know a lot of guys who um guys who i would have really loved to have but as like the ninth to twelfth man but guys who were being slotted as the ones that you were being counted on and so um it's just um i don't really know I don't really know and what that's this... what I, I hope I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you up. I hope that the the this doesn't fall on oh, Pop was the coach and he couldn't lead them to the championship. Like, no man, everybody backed out of that team because it was supposed to be a star studded team, right? But so many people backed out in and I don't I don't think it should have been expected for them to win. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I was still rooting for them. I was still gunning for them to win. Um, definitely, it was a big balance. But it was a balance between European basketball just getting better and better. And um, and then with the USA team fielding the least talented group that they have had ever, probably. And, um, you know, they at, at the beginning of the summer, they had invited, like, 25 of the top 30 players in the league and they pretty much all dropped out except like Kemba Walker and that was pretty much it yeah and so um the thing that makes me wonder is that is this just a one-off is this the is this just you know the star players thinking like oh FIBA doesn't matter World Cup doesn't matter you know reach out to me whenever it's Olympics time or is this the new standard do team do players just not care that much about about um, basketball on the world stage and would rather focus more on, you know, 
training with you know their personal trainers and with their teammates in the off season to gear up for the following NBA season. I just um, I just I don't know whether or not this is uh like a outlier or the new normal. Is it? Yeah, I I feel like it's the new. I feel like it's gonna be the new the new normal for them because you start seeing people. You know, things get put into perspective. It was something. Injuries were something when we saw Derrick Rose go down, right? And then they were something a little more when we saw him come back and not be Derrick Rose anymore. Not, he was supposed to be the second coming in Chicago. But they become something much bigger when LeBron James goes down for his first real injury. Kevin Durant tears his uh, Achilles and then comes back and then tears it again. Klay Thompson is now out forever. You're seeing We're seeing these, these real big-time stars going down for the long haul and everybody knows like we're not invincible we got to save ourselves we're overexerting ourselves in the summer and these competitions that really FIBA to a lot of these guys I mean FIBA I feel like is 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 for the rest of the world yeah like yeah we, we compete in it but it's it's the stage for the rest of the world to, to come out and like really like try and and make their names and and yeah we get to use our young kids and we get to see what they're made of but I feel like this is going to be the new normal for the NBA players yeah, especially what you were saying about uh, foreign countries um, treating this like they're this is this is for them because you know whenever a whenever a foreign country has a player move on to the NBA, of course they're really excited and all that. But for the most part, they function like the NBA doesn't exist. Like you know, Euroleague is a thing that everybody pays attention to. Like their country's individual league is what they pay attention to. Like you had. Monage, like Luis Scola, if you remember from the Argentinian team, still mm-hmm. was still playing for them this summer, and they made it to the finals. And you see him and Mona Ginobili like tearing up on the sidelines, hugging mm-hmm. that they were able to make it this far. Like this clearly means way more to them than anybody on the USA team, because like you know, growing up in America, like the standard, the gold standard is the NBA Finals, and you know yeah. the Olympics is just something you do if you're invited and you have the time. And yeah, absolutely. But I also feel like we we have the privilege of um, of being of having the league that is the mecca for basketball, right? So these NBA players they've already made it. You know, they don't have to prove themselves to anybody. Uh, when Manu was still in Argentina, when Tony was in France, when uh, Thiago was in Brazil, you know, they it's their chance. And, and I'm just gonna build on what we were saying. It's 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 not only their chance to prove themselves, but it's their chance to prove to the NBA that they can hang with our players, mm-hmm. that they can get there, and they they should be paid and should be picked up for a team also. But then when it gets to Luis Scola, who's already been in the NBA, he's been there, done that. It's like a countryman's pride. Yeah, exactly. Like. And FIBA really is just like a different sport. Like in what world does it make sense that Luis Scola was tearing it up and Giannis was being yeah. and Giannis <laughs> Antetokounmpo was being shut down by the Brazilian team? Like, it makes yeah. no sense at all. Like, I don't know exactly how to quantify it, but it's just different, man. It's crazy. It's just... And it's 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 fun. I mean, I'm glad that, that we're able to... Or not we, but I'm glad that there's able to... There is a stage available for the people who we're not seeing on national TV every every weekend on TNT. Right. You know I mean? Who ended up... Did they do the finals for that already? Um, yeah, they already did the finals. It was Argentina versus Spain, and Spain won. Uh, and Ricky Rubio was named MVP. D- yeah, I was about to ask if he played. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, the weirdest thing is that um, it was Ricky Rubio, um, 
Luis Scola. You know who was probably the best big man in all of like the tournament? Don't don't tell me. Don't tell because I, I haven't seen it. I didn't watch it at all. Don't tell me that one of the Gasol brothers played. Uh, well he did, well Marc Gasol did play and win it for Spain. But like the best, like maybe the best big man, the the guy who the big man who had like the best performance from beginning to end was probably Aaron Baines. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Wow. He lit it That's up. Awesome. He lit it up in FIBA, man. That is his game. That is Patty's games too. Patty averaged like twenty five points a game. Yeah, I heard that that Australia was doing pretty well. Um, that's good, man. I like Aaron Baines. Obviously, I love Patty. Um, but yeah, I like Aaron. Aaron Baines deserves that. That's cool. Okay. All right. So we'll move on from that. Um, USA basketball. Who knows where they're at? All the stars. Please come back next year. And I know. Come on, make it make it entertaining. Yeah. Anywho, um, okay. So one thing that I um, asked if we can talk about this week was something that I always look forward to is that before the beginning of the NBA season, these big name websites, um, like the one we're about to go over, Sports Illustrated, they put out a list of the top players in the league. Like year by year, they evaluate like the state of the league and rank the rank the players just on overall talent and. Um, Sports Illustrated put out theirs. Um, it's a top 100. We have a few Spurs players in there. Um, real quick, one through five. Um, not Spurs players, but overall one through five in the whole league. It was Giannis, then Kawhi, then LeBron, then Steph Curry, then James Harden. Any gripes with those? With that order? Uh, no. Um, no, 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 no grabs with that. Honestly, I, I guess they put Giannis first because of his durability, but... You think Kawhi should be first? I, I kind of think that he does. Like, God, it's... St- yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have argued. If they put him first, I wouldn't have argued. I would have been salty, obviously, because I'm still salty, but I wouldn't have argued. I mean, yeah, he's... he's... No, I don't know, though, but, but Giannis has... The skill, and he's got more. He's got the size. He does, but Kawhi, Kawhi is like one of the best shooters, though. I just he can knock down any. He's he's like a man. I just I don't know Kawhi. If he was if he was healthier, he if he was healthier and didn't have to like miss like twenty games or so every year because of his leg, I feel like he would be like undeniably number one. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe so too. I do too. And be- um, how? Okay, so but how did they? So did they make that list based off of last year or based off of how they will be this year? The latter. How they think they're gonna turn out this year? Like where they're at right now? Like who would you take going forward for the next following year? Okay. Okay. I see. And living in Houston, I can tell you there are definitely some people who are unhappy with the ranking of Harden. <laughs> What they want him higher than Steph? They can't yeah. want him in the, at the very top. They can't. Want no, him not number top. one. But I feel like they. Th- I feel like the uh, vibe in Houston is that he's done enough to warrant being ahead of Curry. What do you think? I don't think so. Uh, I, I don't. I'm not one to say that Steph Curry is the greatest in the world. He's definitely the greatest shooter we've ever seen. Um, but I do not like for one second the way that James Harden plays defense. Like I, I think that's where. Mm-hmm. That's where he lacks, and that's where it keeps him behind everybody else, the people that he is behind. And um, and I'm and I'm not saying Steph Curry is a defensive player of the year or even second team on, on 
all NBA, but no. But but he's he's quicker on his feet. He's more electrifying for his team. Um, I think he's just a better player. Yeah, you just I, I think. Yeah, I mean he's just been more. It, it's weird to say because I feel like Curry has missed more games due to injury, but, but like when it comes down to the end of the game, he's just been more reliable. Like. Yep. In the series against the Rockets this year, when they played against each other, and it was, uh, what was it? It was Kevin Durant was still out for the series. I think it was game six in Houston. He just, he lit it the fuck up. Like, he went zero points in the first half, 30 points in the second half. Just took just decided to take over and won the game and moved on to the finals. Like, it was, it was ridiculous. And I've never seen, like, James Harden is an amazing player. He's going to be one of the defining players of this era. But I've never seen him be play that kind of game deep in the deep in the playoffs. I just haven't. And so Yeah, no. And and Steph Curry, it seems like he can turn it on whenever he wants. I am heavily convinced that he's got to deal with the devil because <laughs> the way that the way that that guy plays sometimes is just out of this world phenomenal. Okay. Was there anything just um Skimming through the list, did you notice any players that you think should have been higher or should have been lower? So, so I think, and this might be biasing me, but I do think if we're talking about how they should do this year, and I understand why he's this low, he should be glad to even be on the list after not playing the last year, but I feel like at the end of this year, DeJounte Murray is definitely going to be in the top 40, top 50. Oh, yeah. Um, he should be higher. Um and that's reasonable, I I think. I mean, he could even be higher than that. But I think okay, what number was uh, Clay Thompson was ranked pretty high, like pretty good. He was he was um he was lower than I thought that he should go. Um, you you mean lower in numbers or no, lower in like like in where he was at efficiency. where he was at? I thought that he was gonna be higher. Um, where is he? He uh, um I know I'm close. Let me see. He, I think he was in the forties or thirties or something like that. I don't think so. I think he was he was fifty eight. Okay, fifty eight. Even even at fifty eight, I think, I think, and when I say lower, I mean sixty, seventy, lower on the totem pole is what I mean. I think he should have been lower than that because aren't I mean aren't we looking at him missing? more than half the year yeah that's a good point actually maybe that's maybe that's what they took into account and i guess that's where they thought 58 was yeah yeah i'm seeing here um because i mean if he's playing the whole year he's top 30 top 20 yeah yeah i guess like account even accounting the injury that's where they put him at 58 that's a that's a good point i didn't even think of that that's a really good point yeah see for me it's it's that he's that's too high for me. That's too good of a ranking for somebody who's going to be out possibly until the All-Star break at least, I think is what the projection is, February, March. Yeah, I don't think that he yeah, I would be surprised if he even comes back then. Like even That that's what I'm saying. Like how are we going to rank him like that? Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I um, the one that t- and and was and was K- I mean KD wasn't on there, right? Or was No, it? they took him off the list just cuz he's going to miss the year with his um yeah, Achilles he's, not, tear. he's not coming back. Yeah, um, the player that took me by surprise because like I'm conflicted about this guy because I have been defending him and now I feel like he's getting to not that I dislike him but he's getting to the point where he's starting to get so hyped that I want to hold it back a little bit as Donovan Mitchell. He was really yeah he was 
He was ranked 29th. Donovan Mitchell, 29th. Ahead. I mean, he's he's good. The kid is really good. Ahead of Luka Doncic and DeMar DeRozan? Ah, yeah, I guess. No, yeah, I mean, what, they, I mean who, who, who does he play with? Who does he play with? Who's his number two? Uh, number two, Rudy Gobert. But before the before the Connolly trade. Rudy Gobert. Oh shit! Yeah, really <laughs> they're all they're all back to back to back. It's twenty nine Donovan Mitchell, thirty Luka Doncic, and thirty one Demar Derozan. I don't like that. <laughs> I I can see, and this is strictly talking about age. I can see Luka being higher than him before I can see Demar being higher than him. And I love Demar Derozan, but but I understand the the way that. These kids are just—they're just younger. They're gonna move better. They're gonna, you know, they're they're gonna perform. Also, Demar Derozan doesn't have to put up thirty points a game yeah. anymore. You know what I mean? It's possible that Donovan Mitchell ends up being a guy who was cursed by his rookie year because he was phenomenal his rookie year, was not so hot last year, and he was supposed to be the guy that step up during uh, FIBA and uh, lead the USA to gold, or at least to a medal, but that didn't really happen either. He had, like, a couple of really good games, but for the most part, he was on and off. And, uh, yeah, so I think, uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like I still think that he has a star potential down the road, but I think this next year is too early for him. So who plays uh, point guard next year? Who starts at point guard next year? Mike Conley. Well, they're going to put Donovan Mitchell at shooting guard and start Mike Conley. At point guard, because they. But so, he, but he he he's always been shooting guard, or he. Play, I thought I could have sworn he played point. Well, he manages the point, but I think they're gonna have to make room for Conley. Conley's too good to put on your bench. They're gonna. Yeah. Yeah. They. Yeah. They definitely. They definitely traded him to start him and, uh, you know, make him a, a huge part of the offense. So I think it's gonna be him, Mitchell. And then the rest of the lineup, Gobert, uh, Joe Ingles, and this other guy that they got from Indiana, Bojan Bogdanovic. Who, um, we'll get into the season previews in the future episode, but they're looking pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's definitely somebody to be on the lookout for. Yeah, and I agree with you about DeJounte being way too low. I think uh, 94, I guess, I don't know if you can justify that with a torn ACL. I mean, that's exactly the same scenario with Clay, and he's at... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and... Um, um, so I definitely would be surprised if he's like no better than 55 next year. I think he's going to have a breakout year. Derek White, I wouldn't be surprised if he's behind him in like the 60s or 70s. And then I think they were being particularly kind to LaMarcus Aldridge, putting him at the the 16th best player in the league, LaMarcus Aldridge. Like, it sounds nice, but I don't know how true that is. He can't. He can't run. I've never <laughs> seen him sprint one day in my life, dude. Oh, like, my he's the slowest dude ever. I love him. I love him. But he just he is so slow to get back down the court. Yeah, I don't think he should be sixteen. Come I on, mean, cre- bro. I ought to put Demar above him in the first place. I mean, credit to him. Uh, he has kind of been the anchor over these weird last few seasons, and you know they have made the playoffs on his back. And so I think he deserves some credit for that. I don't know about it being a, the 16th. I I would I would think that he would be more in like the 20s and 30s. But hey, I'm not complaining. Yeah, yeah. The only way I would put him at 16 though is if we only put one person per team, and he was the 16th of the of the 16 playoff teams. Like that's the yeah. only way that I'd have him that high. But I mean, I love him and good ups to him. Yeah. 
We'll see how he how he ends up being. Okay, the last one I want to end on. Um, I want to ask you real quick, related to the trade that happened earlier this year. Where do you think Russell Westbrook is ranked? Oh, and I honestly don't know this. I didn't. I didn't. I I looked over the rankings, um, but I don't. I didn't memorize where he was at. I would say that he's ranked in the top twelve. He is exactly number twelve. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I swear. I swear. I didn't remember that. I didn't remember that. But I mean, I feel like that's appropriate for him. Yeah. I kind of. Um. I think this is the first year in these rankings that he's outside the top ten. Which makes sense because he's getting a little up there and there are younger players who are uh, breaking out in the league. I just thought it was kind of strange to see him at 12. But um, I don't know. I, well, who, 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 real quick, who rounds out the 6 to 10? Who's who's ahead of him? Uh, let me look at that real quick. Um, 6 to 10. It is a 10, Damian Lillard. 9, Paul George. 8, Nikola Jokic. 7, Joel Embiid. 6, Anthony Davis. Yeah, I think he should be ahead of Paul George. Ooh. I think he should be ahead of Paul George, and ah, it's tough to put him ahead of Dame. But, shit, maybe ahead of Jokic. I mean, Jokic is good, but he doesn't do as much as Russell does. Granted, he won't have to do that much this year with James Harden there, so I guess I can see that maybe. Yeah, I think... um... Yeah, I mean, looking at the list, I think it's totally fine. I think it's just weird to see him being pushed out of the top ten. But, yeah, I mean, personally, I would rather have Lillard than Westbrook. No doubt about it. The, the, oh, on my team, yes. On yeah. my, if I had to start a team, I, uh, yeah, Ru- Damian Lillard would definitely be on my team eons before I'd pick Russell Westbrook. Okay, and on the other side of that trade, where do you think Chris Paul was? He was on there? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Where would I don't I love I love Chris Paul, but man, that they left that guy out to dry in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Uh he he better not he better not be in the top sixty. <laughs> he's twenty one. No, he's not. Dude, what? Man, I mean I think that's a little low for him to be considered sixty to be the bar. But well, yeah, and I'm and I'm I'm assuming that you're taking Clay Thompson's whole seat. That's why, I, like, I yeah. use Clay as my benchmark. But yeah. but uh, I mean, I guess skill wise, I'd put him, but I still wouldn't put him 21. <laughs> no way, dude! I'd put him behind Demar for sure. Yeah, I think this year is not going to be kind to him. There are people who think that with OKC, with the things that they have been able to patch together with Chris Paul and the package that they got from uh, the Clippers for Paul George with Danilo Gallinari and Shea Gilgis Alexander. They think that they're going to be able to put together a team that may be able to be running for a playoff seed. I don't think it's happening at all. I think, uh, no. yeah, it's counting on too many guys who have been injured or who are too young. I'd, I'd, I'd don't say, I would honestly be surprised if he finishes the year in OKC, but... We'll get into that later. Yeah, too. I don't, I, and I honestly don't think that. Yeah, they, and we will. Yeah, we'll talk about that when it's closer. But I do not think that Chris Paul is going to finish the year in, in OKC. I just don't understand what they're doing. Gallinari is good. I like Gallinari. I like. Honestly, I, it took me a while, but I like Stephen. Stephen Adams is still with them, right? Yeah, yeah. Stephen Adams is still with them. Yeah, I, I, I like Stephen Adams. It took me a bit to to warm up to him, <laughs> but 
but I just I just don't I don't get it. I don't get what they're doing. It's almost to me it's almost like the Miami Dolphins. Like I don't understand their <laughs> game plan here. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's wrap it up there. We are at like an hour and 20 minutes. We like went way over what I thought yeah. we were going to do. Okay. Yeah, thank you guys for sticking with us whoever did. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening if you're still listening then congrats to you. You you must have a lot of spare time on your hands. Um yeah, let let, let us know that you got to this point. We'll send you a tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Steven. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, that's it for Double Shot. This week, uh, we'll be back. We're going to try uh, shifting over to recording Tuesday, so we have a full uh, slate of football behind us. And um, hopefully, by the time uh, it, this podcast is already on Spotify, pretty much everywhere where you can get your podcast, um, we're still working on Apple. It should be up on the Apple app um, within the next couple of days. Um, but until then, I'm JP. That's Hector. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>